0: Would you open God's precious holy word to the 103rd Psalm? The great love of God. Number one, this great God whose great love is extended to us deserves our worship. Worship him. So let's look at the first uh, five verses of David. Bless Yahweh, my soul. Now there's that word. Nafesh, nafesh, my soul. That's a rich word. It speaks of the individual, the individuality, the the passion. The person, the essence of personhood, the very person, who I am. Bless Yahweh, my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless Yahweh, my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Who forgives all of your iniquities, the word can mean guiltiness or guilt, and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the dungeon of decay, that your, your, your translation may say destruction, but uh, the richer, deeper meaning is to speak of an awful place where one is in, imprisoned and there he rots away. Who redeems your life from a dungeon of decay. Who crowns you with loyal covenant love. <laughs> that, there's that word again. We see it quite often. It may just be simply translated in some translations as mercy or, or loving kindness. But it is a peculiar and a particular emotion that God, that Yahweh has affixed on his own his elect, his people, those whom he has called to himself, who crowns you where we learn later in the New Testament that we are a kingdom of priests who crowns you with loyal covenant love. This is the this is the highest that we can have in life right now. So we are crowned with the loyalty of God, the covenant love of God. This is, this is a thing in which God takes complete responsibility. He assumes all of the responsibility. You go through the Old Testament and notice how so many times even the best of the saints in the Old Testament sin against God, but this this relationship is all by the strength of God because if it was based on the strength of man, it would always fail. Always, who crowns you with loyal covenant love and deep, tender compassions. If you could think of the warmest warmth, the deepest and most intimate love that you could have for someone. You haven't begun to touch the depth of the tender compassion that God has for his own. Who crowns you with loyal covenant love and deep tender compassions. Who satisfies your years with good things or or with pleasant things, good things. So that your youth is renewed like that of an eagle. Spiritually, the the body may fail as years go by, physically diminishing more and more. But spiritually, growing stronger and stronger and stronger. Why? Because of the provision from God that we have. Number two, he has revealed himself. This is another thing about the great love of God. He didn't have to do this, but he did. Yahweh executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his way to Moses, his deeds to the sons of Israel. Now, for you and me, that phrase, that sentence is a summary of the Old Testament. It's where it all began. It's where the word of God was initiated for his people. So, it was was a, a loving thing that God would make himself known. How do we please the creator? What? is our relationship to the creator. How are we to think of him? Well, he reveals all of that. He made his way, he he didn't have to, but he did. Made his his ways known to Moses. His deeds to the sons of Israel, his mighty works. He reveals his might to the sons of Israel so that the world would know that Israel's God is God. Someday, it's my belief that the wars of Eze- the war of Ezekiel thirty-eight and thirty-nine is yet in the future. That's that's my belief, and it is a war that consumes a large portion of the world and it gains attention of the nations, even though not all of the nations engage in the war. It is an invasion of foreign powers into the nation of Israel in a day when they are restored to the land. Israel, if you read the context closely, Israel is still at that point in time, an unbelieving nation, but God has a promise to preserve them. And if you read the whole Bible, you'll realize that God makes the world realize that he is God because he keeps these people as a distinct people. So when you read the, when you read the story, the account of Ezekiel 38 and 39, which is a prophecy of a thing in a time yet to come, You have this great intervention of God on behalf of Israel who otherwise was surrounded by overwhelming odds and overwhelming power. And when the whole thing is over and the enemy is stopped on the mountains of Israel and Israel is spared, saved by this great intervention of God. Yahweh says to Israel through Ezekiel, he says, I didn't do this for your sake, Israel. I did this for my holy name's sake, that the nations may know that I'm God. So you see, he reveals his deeds to the sons of Israel. He shows them his might. They are his peculiar people in the Old Testament. He begins by revealing his word and then his deeds, which are, of course, recorded in his word. And through that, the world is to see the mighty power of God. God makes his promises to Israel. And these, these are unconditional promises because regardless, regardless of what kind of spiritual condition Israel is in in a particular time of their history, God still will intervene such that he would spare them and save them. Even when they were threatened with annihilation, God at his pleasure and according to his purpose would raise up a Gentile kingdom so that they would have the policies such that these people could be spared. He makes his deeds known to the sons of Israel. Yahweh is merciful and gracious slow to anger and abounding in loyal covenant love. How big is something that is said to be abounding in the person of God who is boundless? Well, it means it's boundless. His loyal covenant love is boundless. Slow to anger, abounding in loyal covenant love. He will not always find fault, nor will he keep his anger or his grudge forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, the ways that we have offended him. Nor has he punished us according to our guilt, our iniquities. We're guilty. That's what the law is all about. It declares that we are guilty. None of us can escape the law. Ten simple commandments, one or more of which are broken on a daily basis by, by every one of us. We cannot keep the law. It was never designed to save us. It was only given to make us understand that God has a standard of perfection that man cannot attain. Therefore, we need God's salvation. We need a Savior. He doesn't deal with us according to sins or guilt or iniquities or punish us in that way. Why? Because He abounds in loyal covenant love and because He is merciful and gracious. We don't don't get what we deserve. He gives us that as a free gift which we don't deserve. He's merciful and gracious and his, his personhood, his existence, the existence of God is filled with it. In John 1 and verse 1 It talks about the incarnation of God the Son. He's called the Word. Called the Creator in verse, verses 2 and 3. And then this eternal person referenced as the Word, verse 14 in John 1 says, becomes flesh. He, he, he flesh did become. though and flesh he did become, and we saw his glory, even the glory as of an only begotten of the Father, final phrase in that verse, full of grace and truth. Aletheia, truth means to keep his word, word keeper. He's a word keeper. Whatever he says is truth. So full of grace and truth is the New Testament way of talking about what it says here, abounding in loyal covenant love. Kleres is the Greek word in the New Testament, and it means the sum total of. the sum. You think about that. How can you even approach the staggering imagined thought of the sum total of God? You can't. It's, it's beyond us. He's too high. He's something, he's in another realm and he only chooses to reveal himself as he would so that we can understand him. But bigger than creation is the grace and the truth keeping, the word keeping of God. That's that's bigger than we are. That's bigger than the time space continuum. And this is what he says here. It says here that he abounds in loyal covenant love. Now, an offshoot of that would be his, his, he, 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 he is full of grace and truth, word keeping. So this is the God we serve. He doesn't deal with us like we ought to be dealt with because the sum total of God is grace. And he keeps his word. So we we worship him in his great love. Next, because of the greatness of his grace. Look at this. For as high as are the heavens above the earth, so great is his kind favor toward those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far he has removed our transgressions or our, our rebellion, our rebelliousness from him, from us. So far has he removed our transgressions from us. The fallen state. You know, Paul writes and he talks about how No man seeks after God. In a fallen, unsaved state, you don't have the ability. It is God who does the seeking. He comes after us. So here, he he extends his kind favor or grace toward those who fear him and then removes what we are in our fallen state in Adam, he removes that as far as the east is. From, in other words, it's in, infinite. Infinitismal, I guess. That's how far away he removes that from who we are in his sight. Why? Because he's a compassionate father. As a father shows compassionate love to his children, So Yahweh shows compassionate love to those who fear him. A compassionate father would go to any lengths for his children. How much greater is our heavenly father than any earthly father could ever be? For he knows our frame or our form. We're distinct, we're unique. Psalm 139. I formed you. You formed me in the secret in the inner parts of my mother's womb. The prophet says, You formed me. God says, I formed you in the womb. So he, he creates us each distinctively and uniquely and we've learned through modern science that the distinctiveness of our existence is written into our DNA. DNA is volumes of information. Volumes and volumes and volumes of information and the information about each individual is different from all of the others. He knows our frame. He knows our form. He made us. And He remembers that we are dust. So He's going to do something for us, you see. His grace pre existed us. As for man, His days are like a flower of the field. So he flourishes in blossoming. For the wind passes over it. And that little flower is gone. And no one remembers the exact place where that little flower was. Such a fleeting thing. That's like man and his days. But the loyal covenant love of Yahweh has always been there. If God is eternal, and He is, then anything about God is eternal. The loyal covenant love of Yahweh is from everlasting to everlasting. On those who fear him and his righteousness of children to children word just goes from generation to generation. God knows who we are. Our days are gone like that little flower. Nobody remembers the exact place as time moves on. People may remember us for a generation those who were great in some way historically in their day might be remembered for two or three or four generations but that in the course of time is removed and who can say truthfully who they really are were or what they did god knows that we're dust but his grace you see his covenant love on us lasts forever here's what that means Look at it. The covenant love, the loyal covenant love of Yahweh is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and even to the generations that follow to such as watch or preserve his covenant. So God always has a people and the, love, the, the loyal covenant love of God and the covenant that God has made to redeem us and to give us eternal life That passes from generation to generation. It's always there. Those who preserve or watch over his, maybe your translation says to keep. Word's the same thing. It means to watch over, to preserve. And to those who remember his commandments to accomplish them. Speaking from our perspective, how are the commandments of God accomplished? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are in Christ. So you see, it's, it's, it's the salvation of God that does all of this for us, and it comes from God. It's nothing in us that moves God to so favor us, it just comes. From God, and it is something that has always been a part of God from everlasting to everlasting. So we started out with worship, considering all the wonderful grace of God, and now we end with worship. In heaven, Yahweh has established or he has made his throne ready. And his kingdom rules overall. all. doesn't matter what's happening in the world today with regard to the kingdom of God. Whatever is happening, however contrary it may seem, It is all fitting in the divine and sovereign purpose of God. He has established his throne. He's made it ready. Nothing is going to shake that up. His kingdom rules over all. Bless Yahweh, you his angels who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of his word. Bless Yahweh, all you his warriors, his hosts, Yahweh about is the Lord of Ho- or the Lord of armies. It's a, mil- it's a military word. It's, the angels are depicted as warriors. Bless Yahweh, all you his hosts of warriors, you ministers of his, who accomplish his goodwill, his pleasure. Bless Yahweh, all his works in all places of his dominion. Bless Yahweh my so at the end of all things creation even in the broken creation in its own way rises up but finally in a perfect way it rises up and blesses the creator how 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 could the universe have been created and then dissolved And recreated in the new heaven and new earth. What kind of power is that? Well, it's Yahweh's power. And all of his works, he has created them thus to reflect his glory. And he is served or blessed, worshipped by the works of all places in his dominion. Bless Yahweh, my soul. We'll stop there and we'll have our uh, deacon prayer time.